We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. What if I told you the hard work we do every day doesn't have to be as hard? What if I told you that if you don't know what your superpower or superpowers are, that there's a way to find out? Hey everyone, Dr. Jones here with another episode of Seeing to Lead. And this episode is over the top because I had the chance to interview a good friend and someone I consider a mentor, Danny Bauer. Danny has specific superpowers that he explains in this interview. Then he goes on as the principal development and retention expert that he is to talk about how you can find what your superpower is by getting other perspectives that you don't typically have. Now, we're going to talk about a lot of different things. You are going to learn so much about recovery and recuperation for recharging so you can be the very best you can possibly be. And even more important, there's this idea of PD, and so many people have different things that they believe about PD. But when you listen to Danny Bauer, you realize that he is an expert at providing PD that's current and relevant instead of a framework that outdates itself and then has to be updated. He's got a live event coming up that he, that he mentions a couple of times that I can't say enough about. And then he, he also discusses how you can even eliminate your email and then how you can be focused to have a greater impact on the world. These are all tools that he actually offers in his group, Better Leaders, Better Schools, a collective of masterminds that give you those perspectives, those tools, those strategies. That PD that I mentioned is so valuable. And finally, when we're talking about asking propelling questions to solve problems, Danny actually has three rules he follows for staying focused on what you want to do in life. And being more productive as not just a leader, but a person. I promise this is a great conversation that you are going to walk away with so much from. But enough from me. Let's hear from Danny Bauer on Seeing to Lead. Learning happens everywhere or should, you know. And if we're pursuing our passions and that kind of thing, could we potentially learn? the thing we wanted to learn outside of the four walls of a school. And then if we turn, turn the model into a place where we gathered to get more support or collaboration or, you know, of course there's um, inequitable systems out there. So maybe it's a place of resources too, right? We have computers and high speed internet and all this kind of stuff. That's great. But again, it's a little more flexible and it's a place where people check in and get more support versus mandatory. You have to be here to do the learning. 
Dr. Chris Jones here, and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. As a chronically late student, Danny Bauer once told his chemistry teacher a fib about saving an entire Girl Scout troop from a burning billy to get out of a tardy. Danny's not sure if it was the very made-up story, the very real cookie he offered his teacher, or a combination of both that got him out of a detention that day. That experience taught him it pays to develop your storytelling skills. Danny's been telling stories since then, most recently on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, ranked in the top 0.5% of 3 million global podcasts, and via his latest book, Mastermind, Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader co-published by Corwin and the National School Superintendents Association. His mission is to connect, grow, and mentor every school leader who wants to level up. I've known Danny for quite a few years now as a member of his mastermind, and I have to say I'm, uh, I can't wait for this conversation because every time we get to talking, we find out some, some pretty cool things going back and forth. But one of the things that sticks out to me about Danny and uh, Danny, I've got to use this because I think it's absolutely brilliant that you have this because it's so true, is that Danny is a principal development and retention expert. And I think you're about to hear that in our conversation we have. So welcome to the podcast, Danny. Hey, Chris. Thanks for uh, having me. Or should I say doc? But it's great. It's great to be here. Pleasure to be back. Yeah, this is good. We've talked a few times, but this is a special episode. Um, the reason I'm having you on and because you're a big part of this, the reason I'm having you on again, well, there's many reasons, but the main one is that you are the first episode of the third season of the Scene to Lead podcast. And now, I don't know, people probably won't know this, but you played a big role in helping me get Scene to Lead off the ground through some, through some personal coaching, but through some strategies and tools that I learned in the mastermind. So I thank you for that. Yeah, it's my pleasure for sure. So uh, congrats on all the success. It's really cool to see the ruckus that you're making in the world. Well, so when we talk about rookie, making a ruckus and success and, and things that we're getting done in the world, you know, one of the things that we tend not to focus on, but uh, we need to focus on more is our superpowers. And I know you talk about this a lot and um, I wanted to hear it straight from you so we could dig into it a little bit because I think it's important for leaders to realize the superpowers of those they serve so they can better support, engage, and empower. So what would you say your superpower is? Hmm. I used to think it was coaching. And I, and I know I'm a great coach for sure. Uh, and I think it's possible to have multiple, right? It's connecting with people too. And having great people around you is awesome because they give you feedback that you never get without them, right? They see things that you don't see. So for example, when I did my first live event in New Mexico on building a remarkable vision, my buddy Mitch 
who I think you know, Mitch Weathers over at Organized Binder. He, uh, he said, Danny, your superpower is live events. What? Never heard that before, you know? I mean, I've done talks and workshops and that kind of thing, but this was bringing a small group of leaders to really go deep on this vision idea. So then I'm like, great. Well, I guess I got to do more live events now because it was exhausting, right? And so one of my superpowers is not logistics and operations and details. So I need a team to help me with that. But I could, I could put on a very impactful event. And uh, now, you know, I think it's appropriate to let your listeners know we're, we're, we're hosting an event in Denver, uh, July 14th through 16th. And it's, again, small and intimate. It's only for 50 leaders and there's 12 spots left. And so the framework we're teaching there is called the Leadership Optimization Compass. Four parts, just like a compass, north, south, east, and west. And so it's mindset, relationships, uh, your, your physical vitality, health, and your inner journey awareness. And we won't, we, over three days, we won't have 400 sessions on that. We'll have a handful. And we're to go extremely deep. And one thing that's different about the events I put on is there's an abundance of space and time. One, you can do whatever you want, really. I mean, nobody's checking in on you. So that's kind of cool. You have freedom. Uh, but a lot, I anticipate a lot of people will use that time to network with other really smart, you know, leaders doing some interesting things in, in education. And then, of course, they're going to use that time to get coaching because me and the team will be there and uh, to implement the ideas we teach as well. One last thing on the live event uh, that makes us different, because there's a lot of, lot of conferences, a lot of opportunities for school leaders. Uh, we, we try to do things, too, that are remarkable, right? So. Like, where else will you go where you could check something off your bucket list, for example? So like this year, I know the next three years, so I'll just tell everybody. But this year we're going whitewater rafting, right? We'll be in Denver, so there's, there's mountains and water. Uh, 2024's topic is going to be on leadership confidence. And so we're going to rappel down canyons in Moab, Utah is the, the goal there. And listen, I'm scared of heights, so I practice what I preach, right? That's going to build my confidence. And I want to face my fears too, not in a reckless, haphazard way. We'll have experts there, but I don't want, I don't want uh, that fear to limit what I can do. And then 2025, I don't know the place yet, uh, but I think the topic that's starting to come to my mind is this idea of exploring the depths of leadership, right? And so we're going to go, you could go into caves, you know, subterranean and do some crazy stuff. Uh, so we'll find an epic place to do that. Meanwhile, two days of content, workshops, connecting, implementing, and then having this uh, bucket list type of thing. So those, those are some of my superpowers. But I will say one more if I can. And I, I, you know, I get coached, right? So I have tons of coaches uh, that I hire. And one I've been working with recently, she's a leader of leaders as well. And uh, uh wants to make this impact that is five generations worth of impact, which I think is just what a great vision. But she told me I'm, I'm the creative, innovative style. And according to her, only 12% of the population has this strength. So that's relevant to our superpower question you just asked. And it helps me just see big picture, you know, and, and where we're going in the future. And I help people try to get there. Thanks for answering that. That's the idea that you have three identified superpowers and that live event, that's, 
I'd have to encourage anybody that um, I know for a fact your coaching is definitely a superpower. So if they get the opportunity to do that, they definitely have to. And I'll I'll put um, contact stuff obviously in the in the show notes so that that people have that opportunity. Sweet, yeah. But um, you know, you you talked about and the idea that first of all, you know, your superpower. Oftentimes, leaders, and when I say leaders, I mean everybody from building leaders, district leaders, to classroom teachers, to even student leaders. How often do we not know our superpower? And when they do find their superpower, or we help them find it, you said doing that is exhausting. And I think about when you were talking about live events and the live event being your superpower. And I think about that even if we are helping somebody lean towards their strength, toward their superpower, we have to realize that when they're living in their superpower, yes, for a while it's it's passion fueled because they're good at it and it and they move along with it, but it is exhausting. And so, can you help us out with how we as leaders can not only encourage people to find and live in their superpower, but then make sure we're giving them the space to recharge so they don't get burnt out using their superpower? Yeah, for sure. And I could, I love talking about recovery and, and renewing energy. One nuance, though, just to to make sure we note, you know, part of the exhausting aspect of the live events is I'm actually operating outside of my superpower. So the logistics and the operations piece, that's the thing that really drains me the most. And the first live event, I did everything from creating the event. You know, you have to sell the tickets, putting it on making choices for the menu, making choices for the location, following up with people, you know, all, all the operation side. So that's the piece that I found the most draining. But yes, like actually putting it on is going to be draining as well because I'm putting everything into it. So your question had to do with like recovery and replenishing your energy and stuff. And I think, I think you've had access to this tool before too, but I'll describe a concept, you know, that I usually teach uh, mastermind members. And I have this template called the ruckus maker rules. Um, or yeah, in, in any ways, this has to do with really their fundamentals, you know? And I think we get away from them because they're so basic and we forget like how impactful they are. So it's like eating, sleeping, moving, meditating, and unplugging. These are just like, you know that you should be doing these things. In uh, eating healthy foods, getting eight hours, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep, moving around and not being sedentary all the time. You don't have to be an Olympic athlete. So even just like walking, you know, in a mile, whatever. Uh, meditating for me is about like noticing, experience what's going on through your mind. You're not your thoughts or your emotions. And that's a great way to become more proactive and less reactive to all the just junk that you have to deal with as a school leader. And then unplugging is like, having boundaries, you know, you don't, you shouldn't turn down into work all the time, email, uh, you know, thinking about where you got to be there for your family, all that kind of stuff. So those are all fundamentals. It's very basic. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That's, that's for you to decide. And one innovation though, within the tool is, uh, identifying where you currently are, you know, let's say you just rate yourself one through five, one being bad, five being the best. Where do you want to be 90 days? And then just, you know, bullet point, a simple, simple step you could take, you know? So if it has to do with unplugging, all right, well, I'm going to stop 
checking email, maybe the tiny step is 8 p.m. because you check all night, 24 hours, right? Or maybe you go down to 5 p.m. or maybe it's I leave email at work. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But the point is, make it simple, make it a tiny step. And I do like working in those 90-day chunks, you know? So uh, that's something. I was hearing somebody else riff on this idea before. He had he didn't have meditating and unplugging on his list. So I think most people will agree on the eating, sleeping, and moving. Uh, and what he said that was new. So I don't know if I add this to my tool or what, but the two I want to offer, uh, he talked about light exposure. So just sunlight, you know, like that's an important thing. And so do you find time, you know, it's not like you have to be out there tanning, right? We're not going to get a lot of that anyways in, in the winter or whatever. If it's not summer, right? In Northeast, like you're not getting too much. But I can tell you from living in Belgium and Netherlands and Scotland, they have just like windows and I feel like they have more light over there, right? They let it in. So it's just, it's a frustration not having that here in New York. Uh, and then the other thing that he talked about is social connection, right? So that, that gets you through stuff as well. And so those are, are important. And so I, I guess I would say there's seven, right? Eating, moving, sleeping, meditating, unplugging, light exposure and connection. So if you focus on that, and get a taste of that, do something around all those topics every day, you should have a pretty good day, I would think. And you you think that leading people to set goals is the best way to do that so that it's tangible and they can see their improvement on it and the usefulness of it. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. You know, like I try to keep things simple and identifying where you are, where you want to be, what's the next tiny step in 90 days. So, I mean, it's such low-hanging fruit, but there's so many school leaders who just like, they think, they think it's a myth. It's BS. They think they're too busy for lunch or, I mean, come on, this thing needs fuel, this thing being your body. And here's the other, here's the other thing. Okay. Let's, I'm going to buy into your BS story for just a second. Okay. But, but let me emphasize right now that I don't buy into it at all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to make that clear. But let's say you are just so busy. Good for you. Congrats. Like, now I really admire your leadership, right? I'm telling you, Tim Cook, right, at Apple, I bet that dude eats lunch. Just saying, he's running a pretty successful company too. So let's say you're, let's say you're too busy and you, you avoid eating. Let's check in for a second. How's your performance? You think you're performing at an optimal level going without fuel, right? Right. You think your thinking is better? Right. Come on. It's, 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 just like, it's just like going without sleep. Yeah. Right? I'll spend this extra time and get more done. And you wake up in the morning on that four hours of sleep. And you're an and, idiot is and, what happens. Right. And let's, just, let's just be real. Thanks for putting it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling a little, uh, yeah. Feisty, I guess. I'm oh, yeah. just letting people... But it's direct. It's, I just yeah. want to tell you direct truth right now. There's, you know, you could look at the research, but there's studies, right? When you're, when you're not sleeping consistently, it's basically like being drunk. So yeah. let me ask you this. Would you go to school drunk? Right, right. That's perfect example. That's a perfect example or connection. 
you know, it's funny that you say that because, and, and the little things, the little things that we don't think make a difference, but they do because they're not little things. They're very big things. So to the idea of scheduling lunch, the idea of putting time away. One of the things I did, I did, just did something small and it came as a result of the mastermind is I have my phone set on do not disturb mm-hmm. in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And I set it on do not disturb from nine in the evening till five in the morning. Right. Because I, I, and, and obviously one, because everything that needs to get worked out is going to get worked out without me or can wait. And obviously if something big happens, like personal family members, they come through, like my phone will go off and so forth that people can set. Yeah. But that didn't seem to be enough. And I, I caught myself just kind of getting out of that habit recently. And so what I did, and I set it as a goal, um, and I set it in the mastermind, uh, a couple of weeks back that I'm going to change the hours. So now my phone goes on do not disturb at 7 o'clock at night Hmm. till 5 o'clock in the morning. So now I've eaten dinner and I won't answer my phone during dinner. That's more of a self-control type of thing. But so I finish dinner, right? And I'm sitting there with my family. My phone doesn't go off unless it's an absolute emergency. So it becomes less of a thing to check that. So now my time at home is more valuable and meaningful. And so that gives me the ability to recharge more because I'm not constantly thinking about everything else. It helps me be more present with my family while I'm there. Yeah. And a better leader when you're at school. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, amazing that if I didn't answer that email that night, that I'm still a good leader the next day. It doesn't make mm-hmm. a difference that I didn't answer that email because most emails can wait or they, they work themselves out, like I had said before. I don't even read my email. Yeah, you, you know what? And this, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think all the listeners need to hear this because didn't, and I think a member of the mastermind and, and I think the world of this guy, I think Demetrius did this too, didn't he? Out in California where I taught him it. Yeah. I, I think he implemented, I think he was, I think he was bragging on implementing it. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Nobody's perfect with implementing it. Right. Right. So there are days I go in. Yeah. Tell everybody about this. But essentially, that, that's another tool that we have for Mastermind members, but it's the eliminate your email tool. And here's what I mean by I don't read it. I can get you down to 20 minutes a day, right? So imagine that, okay? The high-level idea is you have to have an assistant. So if you don't have an assistant, there's no way. Well, there might be some tech tools out there that can help you be a little more efficient. Like SaneBox used to uh, sponsor my podcast. That is a very good tool. And I used that for a while until I um, had my admin assistant, well, hired her. Now she does it. But essentially, the, the, administ- the administrative assistant, you know, what do they do in like real school? So take email out. They help you be effective, right? And they're there to support, but they also protect you, protect your focus, protect your time. And they're a gate- many admin assistants are called gatekeepers, right? Because they don't let the ridiculous reach you. So anyways, uh, so she filters the emails and gets all the stuff I don't need to see out. And, and it takes time, right? You start teaching the assistant how to respond on your behalf. Uh, like podcast pitches, she can handle those all by herself now. I don't even need to see them. And then what she does in the morning and then at the end of the day, I get a morning summary email and an end of the day summary email. And that's all I, that's all I read now. And basically 
if something needs my attention, I dictate into Voxer like what the response will be. And then she sends that off on my behalf. I don't even have, I could speak faster than I could type, right? Uh, and then if you're in a school, hopefully maybe you could do that face-to-face, right? And so that's that's the big idea. I have a I have a PDF, right, that walks people through that and establishes maybe some of the rules that you'd want to incorporate yourself. But that's the thing. I mean, I want to coach you. I want to be in conversations with you. I want to create resources for school leaders. And, you know, I want to do stuff that is more meaningful and more purposeful. And so you can even do that. You can implement that as a school leader too. That's, I think that's such a fantastic tool. The idea of, and not just the tool and the way you have that set up, but, but what that tool does and how it shows where your focus needs to be. Right. And yeah, you always, when you first started talking about this, I think a while ago, um, you always said, or, or I learned this from you. So it might have been before you first started talking about it. But the idea that as soon as you open up your email, you're doing other people's to-do list. So you aren't getting yours done. Yeah. So now the idea that there's actually a process or a system that you have that you're putting out there just shows how much you're supporting people in getting to that. How do, and it all has to do with saving your time and making sure you're focused on what's important. Do you have any tips or tricks for school leaders in helping teachers and even teachers helping students realize what's important and what they need to focus on and how they can get to where they put their focus on that instead of being pulled in so many different directions? I mean, you know what schools are like, where there's always something to do. And I always say that, you know, no matter how much you give to education, it's going to ask more. Yeah, sure. So you have to make sure that you set those hard lines. But do you have any tips or tricks you could share with the listeners? I think, you know, if you're very clear on the impact you want to have on the world and you prioritize that over everything else, it happens. You know what I mean? And so I I misspoke earlier. I call it ruckus maker rules. It's actually the ruckus maker mindset tool that has to do with the fundamentals. The ruckus maker rules is another tool because that's why I love creating these practical resources for leaders I support. But the big idea here is just having boundaries now aligned to your most important stuff. So I have three rules that are memorized, right? Uh, First one being, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So any opportunity that comes my way, it needs to be something in alignment with my vision and the kind of impact I'm trying to create. And I have to be super excited or I'm just not going to do it, right? Like why? We say, I still struggle with it. I'm getting better, but I used to be so much worse. And I know, I know listeners are resonant with this. Saying yes to too much stuff, right? But if it's a maybe, it should definitely be a no. So I take it even another level. It's not like a super exciting, yeah, I want to do that. It should actually be a no, right? Prioritizing great over good. Another rule that I have is I'm going to honor my health and relationships each day. So that's about connecting with friends, that kind of thing, reaching out. You know, time could get so busy and uh, then you forget, oh, I haven't even called my mom. (laughs) Right, I haven't called my friend, right? Or, or like I visit my sister. Of course, I reach out to you, Doc, and we go out to our, our spot. What's it called? I forget. Uh, oh, man, I can't remember. 
Union, is it Union something? Yeah. Union, a union leaf or it's something leaf. Straw? Oh, yeah. Is it something leaf? Oh, no, it might be Union straw. It doesn't yeah, matter. They've got good food. It's an awesome it's, restaurant yeah. in Foxborough. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. Right. Bigger point, not where do Doc and I go to eat, that we connect if I'm there. Like that's important, you know, because we, we live four and a half, five hours away. We don't get to hang out all the time. Uh, the health piece, hired a health coach, you know, and uh, got myself a gym membership. You know, I've invested in some stretching courses and whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to do, and I, I'm going to be mindful of what I eat as well. Uh, and then the, the last rule is I only want to work and support school leaders that have a bias for action. And you know that I say ideas are great, just not the greatest. That's because action is more important. Like we could all talk. We all have friends that said they were going to invent Netflix and all the cool stuff. Well, you didn't because you didn't do anything with it. You know what I mean? So I want to work with people who are going to do stuff. Otherwise, like if they hire me or join the mastermind and they don't do stuff, they're going to say it's a bad program when really it was their failure to implement. You know, so those that's it. Three rules. Keep them simple. As you can see, I have them memorized and uh, that that guides my choices each day. So to your question, what is that impact you want to have in the world? Student, teacher, school leader, whoever. Let's design some boundaries that support you in that. And uh, it's okay. You could say you could say no. Right. You could say no to people. Yeah. And, you know, I think about when I hear what you said. I think about three questions that uh, I, I believe I'm not wrong in making this assumption or going out on a limb here that a lot of the listeners, there have been times in our lives where we've asked these three different questions. And the, and, uh, the first one is, why did I sign up for this? Like, you know, you, you get excited about something and you say, oh, I'm going to do this. And maybe it was a maybe there. And as it gets closer, you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this because that was something that you said yes to that you should have said no to. So you re- need to really make sure. So that's, that's where that is. The second one was, why do I feel t- terrible, like tired, run down, um, not enough energy or not impactful? And that's because they're not taking care of that second piece, right? Your physical health, your mental health, and making sure you're taking care of you, what you need to do for rest and relaxation. And then the third one is how many times, you know, why aren't these ideas I have not gaining traction? And that's because the people that you're working with um, are interested in taking action or you're not taking enough action yourself. So I think those really three really important things that you have, those three rules that you have, that um, if people can build their life around some simple rules or some simple values and always live by those, I think they're doing much better and they'll, they'll gain more traction. Yeah, for sure. Supporting your teachers and students seems to be a struggle. They just don't seem to be engaged. You wish they would take more responsibility for their learning and culture of the building, but they just don't seem to be empowered enough to do it. So, my question is, have you checked out the book Seeing to Lead yet? It's all about creating a true educational experience where learning, growth, leadership, and community take center stage. Full of strategies and resources, Seeing to Lead is about attaining that goal by employing a model that supports, engages, and empowers all individuals to become leaders themselves. Pick up a copy today at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com. Remember, you don't become a leader and then decide you need to support and recognize others more than yourself. 
it is the moment you realize it's about supporting and recognizing others that you become a leader. Seeingtolead.com. You know, you talk about, well, you and I talk about leadership a lot. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a role of the head of a school and you're, uh, what you do, I, I think is basically the same as a school, uh, as a school for leaders where we all get together and learn. What should schools look like for those who are attending them? So students, those who are working to them, teachers, and for those who are leading them. You know, so I think you're asking about like how they, how they could be redesigned, right? It could be. And there, there I go with an unclear question again, but I, how do you think schools should look where they serve the students best and they serve the teachers best so that, that everybody benefits to the, to the highest level possible? Yeah. And that could be, that could be building, that could be philosophy, that could be values, culture. Well, I think it's a place everyone's thrilled to be at, number one, right? So students and staff, they're excited to go. And for me, it's like, okay, so if that's it, then how do you reverse engineer to to get there? Uh, And looking at your current reality, what's getting in the way for people being excited? Because if you say, oh, 10% of my staff is not excited, 40% of my students are not excited. Well, why? Right? And remembering that you have a lot of power and autonomy as a leader, what can you change? You know, and and you've been on my show and there's going to be some new content coming out around that. But I think what you shared was brilliant because it's about tiny steps to get there. And as somebody with that 12% strength of being the innovator, creative mind, you know, leadership style, uh, it could be really, the temptation could be to throw in the towel because we're not getting there fast enough or nowhere close, right? But it's about progress, you know, in the journey. So some of that reverse engineering piece, like is it somewhere that people really love to be? Uh, Some other things like thinking about flexibility, you know, and stuff that's not as rigid. So I just want to put that out there as an idea. But, you know, an eight-period... School day with X amount of minutes is fairly rigid, you know? And so what would a more flexible schedule look like? Many of us loved our college experience because it was, it allowed us to pursue our passions, our interests, right? So we're just preaching to the choir at this point, but how do you, how do you make it more learner-centered, right? And so that they are focused on the, on the things that light them up. So I would certainly prioritize that. And I do think we need, a, I, I, we need a space to gather. We need a space where people can come together and uh, collaborate and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know that school has to happen within a school building every day, right? Because learning happens everywhere or should, you know? And if we're pursuing our passions and that kind of thing, could we potentially learn the thing we wanted to learn outside of the four walls of a school? And then if we turn, turn the model into a place where we gathered to get more support or collaboration or, you know, of course, there's um, inequitable systems out there. So maybe it's a place of resources too, right? We have computers and high-speed internet and all this kind of stuff. That's great. 
But again, it's a little more flexible and it's a place where people check in and get more support versus mandatory. You have to be here to do the learning. Awesome. Right? So I, I don't have it all figured out. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. But I think that's a direction we should be headed toward. Um, the other thing too, okay, well, you know, does that work for a six-year-old or an eight-year-old? I don't know. Right. right. Let's figure it out. Like, let's just, can we agree that that's the destination? And then don't get caught up in the how-tos. Take tiny steps. Get great people around you to play with that idea. So maybe a tiny step is uh, move into a four-day model of the this, this school week, right? And then you do something that's more flexible around Friday. Or you mentioned at your, your school, Whitman Hanson, you have the, whatever you called it, the, the late start, you know? Uh, at Brooks College Prep, we had every other Wednesday was a half day. And uh, we didn't teach the regular traditional classes. We, we, we taught classes completely aligned to uh, staff and student sort of passion projects. And then everybody got to leave a, a little bit early too. Those were just like awesome seminar days. You know, people loved being there for that. And so anyways, there's a lot of neat things you can do. I love the attitude of let's figure it out. That might be the title of this. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Because it's, it's all about us. Well, so many people stop, right? You stop before like, oh, it's not possible. And I know you, you believe in this too. It's like, okay, well, why can't we? You, got, you get into like propelling questions and what, what would need to be true for us, right? That's, that's the line of thinking. What would need to be true if school was no longer a place you had to be, you know, 8 to 3 p.m., let's say Monday through Friday. And it was a, just a place of collaboration and resource and support. What would need to be true? And so that is a guiding question. Then you figure out all the stuff like student safety, still monitoring that learning is happening and people, you know, are focused and that kind of thing. Sure. Right. So. Cool. I asked two questions of everybody before I end the podcast and we're, unfortunately, we're getting closer to the end. I could talk to you for hours, <laughs> but uh the first one is if you were in education, because you're still in education, you're, you're educating leaders all the time. And if you were tied to it, who, not what would you be? Who would I be if I wasn't in education? I guess I'd still be me. I mean, because I, <laughs> right? Uh, I used to say that. Stalker. Huh? Stalker. Yeah, it sounds like a Yogi Berra sort of uh, answer. But <laughs> I mean, because. I never stopped being a teacher. I was a teacher in a classroom. I was a teacher as a principal. Now I'm a teacher as chief ruckus maker to a leader of leaders. So I, I would be teaching something to some awesome type of person and we'd be doing cool stuff together. You know, I, I will say this. I, I, I've enrolled in a two-year meditation and mindfulness certification program. So it might be very focused on that aspect of life versus leadership potentially. Uh, and that, that's going to start playing out in, in reality starting now. Like this was my first month in the program. So I'll be done in, uh, yeah, 23 more months. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So before we leave, what's the most important piece of advice you would give to teachers, leaders as they work to better support, engage, and empower those they serve every day? Just be in touch with what they need. I mean, it's pretty simple. 
I think everything we've been talking about today is like pretty simple, except uh, the future of school. That one is not simple. The questions are simple. But the rest of the stuff, the fundamental things that we were riffing on in, in this piece in terms of being effective, you know, I think we we overcomplicate so much or we're always on this search for like more or new and different ways of doing it when it's just like sometimes just do some basics and get really, really, really good at that. You know what I mean? So yeah, implement. It's all about taking action. But in this case, yeah, serve and be in touch with what those you serve need. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Danny. I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Like I said, I could talk to you forever. For sure. Can I mention one last thing here as we close? Absolutely. It's your show. You go. So I, I just want to let folks know that my, my third book is actually available. And it's focused on creating the perfect principal entry plan, right? So if you are a school leader, uh, it walks you through the, the big ideas of creating a 90-day entry plan. Even if you're a veteran, uh, I think I know it would benefit you. And if you're a novice and just got your first principal position, congrats. But make sure that you, you know, that you have a plan, a robust plan that's going to set the school up here for success. So the book's called Build Leadership Momentum. It's available for pre-order. And I'm sure we could uh, link up link up the um, page where you could grab a copy. And uh, yeah, it'd be really super cool if you'd check that out. 100%. And just so everybody knows, I pre-ordered a copy. Hey, you did. Thank you. Absolutely. Look, you know, anything that you put out there is quality. And so I'll definitely hook that up. I highly recommend all the books you've written. Um, I highly recommend checking out your website and reading some of the things about Mastermind and getting involved in a Mastermind or reaching out to you and seeing if it's the right next step for you. But uh, definitely, definitely check out this new resource about entry plans. It's so important to get off on the right foot. Awesome. Thanks, Doc. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. 
Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.